Hello, and welcome to episode number 165 of the Lines podcast presented by BetMGM. My name is Matt Brown, and we have another very special podcast for you guys. We just wrapped up our NFL Draft podcast. We did nothing but NFL Draft top to bottom. This Kentucky Derby top to bottom. We are going to run through every single horse that is going to be going on Saturday. We're going to get you their post position. We're going to give you the morning lines and the thoughts from our experts here, joined by Fairway J, Dave Pontempo, and of course, Stephen Andrus going to join us as well. And we're going to talk through everything and how you guys maybe can go about making some money with the Kentucky Derby. Steven, let's start things off real quick and very, very basic here. There might be some people who are tuning in for the first time who've never bet a horse race before in their life. Um, the quick and dirty of the very, very basic of the bets so that whenever you guys are kind of talking about how you would go about betting this, people have an idea of what we're talking about. Absolutely. Great question. There, there's the obvious, the win ticket. You're betting on a horse to win. If you bet on a horse to place, then if they come in first or second, then you cash that at lesser odds. And then you can also bet on them to show, which is top three uh, at even lesser odds than what's on the morning line. Uh, we're going to be talking exotics as well. When we say that, we mean either an exacta, which means you have to correctly predict the first two horses in order of finish, a trifecta, the first three horses in order of finish, or in the derby where you get the massive payouts with a 20-horse field, the superfecta, which means you have to correctly predict the first four horses in order of finish. So those are the bets we're going to be talking about today and our strategies to do so. Yeah, I think that that's something that people may not really understand. You know, I mean, I think a lot of people probably just go up and, and bet a horse to win. And it's, uh, you know, we talk about this whenever we talk about golf as well. A lot of people only bet the outrights on golf and there are other markets that you can bet into. And so uh, glad to be able to kind of lay that out for everybody here. Uh, over at the lines, head to the lines.com. Nice little, really, really nice layout here. Uh, Kentucky Derby cheat sheet, all the horses that are to be going, all the morning lines, their trainer, the jockey, all kinds of information you can use if you want to really dig into this, or you can just go with our guys that we got right here and kind of you can tail their picks and who they think that they like and what kind of bets that they'll be making this week as well. So let's kick things off here. Post number one, known agenda, the morning line here, six to one, trainer Todd Pletcher, uh, jockey, Irad Ortiz. Uh, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this horse here, Stephen. And uh, what are some of the particulars and maybe some of the things that people out there might want to know? Yeah, sure. This is a, a popular horse uh, right until he drew the, the one hole in the Kentucky Derby, which has usually been a death sentence for contenders in this race. The last winner to come out of the of post one was in 1986. Uh, and then Todd Pletcher has had a massive number of horses in this derby. He's had 55 derby starters coming into this year. If all his horses stay healthy this week, he'll have 59, but only two derby winners out of all of those horses. So that's been a popular trend as well to fade him. Uh, and right off the bat here, I just want to touch on a couple of strategies that I like that we're going to be hitting on over and over again as we go through this field of 20. Since 1992, 26 of the past 29 Derby winners have had a buyer speed figure in their career of 95 plus. What that means essentially is that they have run strong in one of their previous races to reach that figure. We don't need to get into all the specifics of how you calculate a buyer. Just know that 95 plus is that benchmark that we're looking for. 
right off the bat, known agenda, not only drew the rail, but has never run a race with a 95 plus buyer speed figure. He did run 94 in a Florida Derby win, but that was not as strong as some of Todd Pletcher's past Derby winners that have come out of the Florida Derby, most recently always dreaming. So for me, since he got the rail and some of his other particulars aren't there, this is a toss for me. I'm not going to be using known agenda after the bad draw in the post positions. Uh, I'll be curious what what Dave and and Jay think, though, considering that I know both of these guys were considering this horse before the post position draw. Uh, I'll jump in here and say that uh, known agenda, they might be waiting for a phone call from the uh, ghost of Ferdinand to see if they can get uh, some help here. But, you know, a Florida Derby winner. I love the fact that five weeks between the races has worked so well for recent horses. And maybe it's a toss to the underneath. Horses that have come in uh, off of a Florida Derby, uh, most of my betting, as we'll see, will be exotic. So he's primarily a toss, but in one ticket, I might put him deep underneath. Jay, what do you think here? We have a couple of a uh, couple of tosses here on what we're looking at as one of the uh, shortest shots here, at least on the morning line. Yeah, I'll be including him in some of the vertical bets. I, I bet I bet this horse um, right after he won the Florida Derby, and I had bet him the the uh, prior looking at playing the coming. And I think that's the key when you're looking at the three-year-olds. They're maturing. You're hoping that these horses are not only getting better, but getting really stronger at the right time. And I thought this horse was one of them. Disappointed in the draw for certain. I'm going to still have him in there. Um, I've already got him on the fixed odds to bet. And you know, at six to one, I, he, he could float slightly higher than that because of the rail, but I still think he'll end up being right in that range. And um, I realize the buyers, like um, the guys that said the, the buyer figure isn't quite up to snuff, but that's where I come back and say this horse, son of Curlin, still going to improve. And you'll, you'll see this horse run even better later this year. Um, some of the other triple crown races, but I'm, I'm still going to have him in the mix here in the Derby. Let's head to post number two here. Like the King, 50 to one on the morning line here. Wesley Ward trained horse. Steven, what are the particulars here? Well, he's coming off of a win, which is a good sign when you're looking for derby horses. In the Jeff Ruby stakes, he won that on March 27th by a length. Um, and six career starts, he's won three times, coming second twice, and also has a third. Uh, he's a horse that likes to come off the pace in his last race, but in other wins, he actually was on the lead. Uh, but but this is another horse. If you look at the the underlying numbers with his speed and, and the fields that he's gone up against, this is another toss for me. His best buyer speed figure is an 86. Uh, that, that's not good enough to contend in a Kentucky Derby, even in, in this more recent years where we're seeing l- lower buyer speed figures than we've seen from maybe like 20 years ago when horses were running more and more often. They don't run as much now. Uh, but this this horse isn't good enough for me to consider putting him on any of my tickets. Jay, like the king, um, this is, uh, you know, 50 to one here. One of the longest morning lines uh, tied, actually, for the longest morning lines. What do you think uh, about like the king? Like the name, like the jockey, but don't like myself. Drayden Van Dyke, I really liked him. He's been out of Santa Anita, but he changed his tact. He's not riding there anymore out west. He did get in the derby here with this one, but he, this this horse faced less quality runners. Um, he did run his best when coming from off the pace to win the Jeff Ruby, but not enough speed overall, and he's a toss. Dave, player. we have two more tosses. Uh, are, you, are you joining the toss wagon here on, on Like the King? 
Yes, I will jump in and rename him like the toss <laughs> because that's how it will be for me with this. He's run very well, and you have to give him credit. But when you're looking at the derby, you have to feel good if you can get the field down to 10 in your mind. And in a field of 20 uh, far more talented runners, give him credit for what he's done so far. But uh, this time, uh, I think he goes too far up, and uh, he's a toss for me. Post number three, Brooklyn Strong, 50-1 to 1 on the morning line. Daniel Velasquez trained horse here steven particulars on this one he's he did really well earlier in his career um he's got five career starts and three wins but he suffered an illness uh near the turn of the calendar year in january that that kind of set him back on the derby trail um and frankly he's lucky to be in this field they needed about four or five horses to uh, drop out of the Derby based on the road to the Kentucky Derby points standings, and they actually got it. He was never even considered. They, they they were not even thinking they had a chance because this horse was based in Philadelphia for most of the run up to the Derby. He just got to Churchill Downs uh, today as we're taping on Tuesday. So that's how much they thought they were out of the picture. And I think their connections and their trainer are frankly just happy to be there to have a Derby experience. Uh, his last race, the Wood Memorial on April the 3rd, he finished in fifth, four and three quarter lengths behind. Uh, so, again, it, I, it's going to be uh, uh, an unexciting start to this podcast for me, Matt, because, you know, I'm not going to really consider a horse here until we get to number six in the gate. But, uh, you know, Brooklyn Strong is to me another horse that's just happy to be here. Dave, uh, I got a feeling you're going to agree here, but uh, maybe you'll prove me wrong. Well, I, I will agree because Brooklyn Strong uh, had some uh, highly heralded credentials before the Wood Memorial. He was supposed to be one of the contenders. And that ended up being one of the weakest fields and performances overall, the prep races. And then he was run down by Borbonic. Uh, I don't know if Borbonic went by any of you guys' houses on the way into uh, coming back to rally from that uh, race. He was way behind. So it's a matter of a horse reaching its level. Uh, there was some respect for the horse before the Wood Memorial. You get up to there, you get beaten there, and it's hard to like for the Derby. Jay, are we going to have a clean sweep here on all three of the first horses? Yeah, I'll just I'll comment a little further. There's a lot of parallels I, I like to use in for whether it's the equine athletes and the horses we're using against um, real athletes and regular uh, that we look at from football to basketball to golf, where you had uh, Kepka playing in the Masters on a knee injury and not coming into his best. This is a horse that won the Remsen in December and was on the come, but he just didn't. He did, you know, fifth place in the Wood didn't show enough. And when you're not when you're now facing the best of the best across the board, uh, well, we've had you know three real good horses that didn't get into the field because of uh, the trainer or injury, but. When you when you got to really step up here and, and and be your best, you've got to be coming not only in good form but showing showing more than this one has. So he's a toss as well. Heading to post four, keep me in mind fifty to one on the morning line. Robertino Diodoro uh, is your trainer here, Stephen. I think you kind of tipped your hand a little <laughs> bit uh, in the podcast here. Come on, man, keep your uh, keep your cards close to the vest. I'm assuming this is uh, not going to draw any action from you either. Nah, career best buyer speed figure of 92, disappointing fifth place finish in the Bluegrass Stakes. 
Um, he, he failed to change leads in the bluegrass, which means when he's making the turn home, he's, he's leading with the wrong foot, which is, you know, not ideal to, to reach your, your peak speed down the stretch. So, uh, that was concerning as well. Uh, another toss for me. So I promise you there are horses in this race. I like, <laughs> I believe we're you. getting, there. I believe not you. yet. Though. Yeah. We're getting, we're getting to the meat here in just a little bit. Jay, uh, what do you think about keep me in mind? Out of the top three people who might consider, down through the super high five, potentially, you know, this keep me in mind was really showing promise as a two-year-old. He finished third in the Breeders' Cup ju- Juvenile, but unfortunately, his sophomore seasons um, produced a pair of off-the-board finishes. He was fifth in the Bluegrass. However, um, you know, Stevens put up a really good uh, piece that I've, I've caught some of the workouts, and this one had a blistering four-furlong work at Churchill um, this past week. Um, best of, I don't know, 80 runners that day. Uh, and so so that's a good sign if, he, if he's going to blow him out and try to see if he's ready to go. But this one t- overall this year hasn't shown enough. Um, I don't I don't think he can certainly hit the hit the board in the top three either. Dave, are we uh, are we not betting any of the one to four uh, one to four posts this uh, this Saturday? Remember, we'll be happy to get it down to 10 horses when we're finished. <laughs> yeah, so 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 keep me in mind that his entry mate asked and answered. I'm going to have to jump along with that because, yeah, beaten in the bluegrass and off the board, you're running against the same horses. So there is one horse in here I will talk about later who did turn the tables on uh, horses that had beaten him, but it's a rarity. So I think for handicapping purposes, uh, hey, if we're down to 16 – we're doing better than when we start. And Matt, one last thing I'll add on on keep me in mind. That's you know just another good Derby strategy that's held up over the years. Uh, Jenny Reese, absolutely legendary turf writer, publicist down in Louisville. Wonderful person as well. I worked with her when I was down in Louisville uh, covering this race. Since she came up with this theory, assembled more than thirty years of data to go with it. Since 1990, 27 of the last 31 Derby winners have either run their final furlong in their final prep race in less than 13 seconds or their final three furlongs in their last prep race in less than 38 seconds. Uh, All four of the horses that we just talked about did not meet those criteria. On top of that, keep me in mind as a closer likes to start slow and then rally late. Despite being a closer, he still didn't run fast at the end of the race. That's just not a good formula for when you're looking for a horse that's going to hit the board in the Kentucky Derby. Post number five, Sainthood, another Todd Pletcher trained horse, 51 again on the morning line here, Stephen. Uh, again, we know you're not going to be on the horse, but let's go ahead and get a little bit of particulars. Here. He's been impressive. I mean, he's lightly raced. He's he's only has three races, and he has a win in in two seconds. Uh, came in second in the Jeff Ruby behind Like the King, uh, but we mentioned those final fractions a moment ago. Um, he. Also has struggled a little bit in terms of uh, finishing races. Um, his his final furlong was a good time in the Jeff Ruby. Uh, he didn't meet the the under 38 seconds for the final three furlongs. And if you just look, go back to the buyer speed figures that we were talking about earlier, uh, his best buyer speed figure is an 86. I mean, we're looking for upper 90s going into the Kentucky Derby. He just doesn't do that. Just another one of those Todd Pletcher horses that over the years I has not done well in the Kentucky Derby. And I think St. Hood fits that mold as well. Um, he'll be a stalker close to the lead, but I have concerns that he's going to have the speed late with some of these other contenders in this field. Dave St. Hood, Todd Pletcher, 50 to one here on the morning line. 
Well, you have to like uh, what you've heard so far. And, and again, the beauty of the prep races and everything else we've seen leading up is that we get a chance to see these horses against one another and then assess how we view the strength of relative prep races. And if you're not winning your prep race, there's a very good chance you're not going to be on the board in the Derby. So uh, I go along with the uh, check mark against St. Hood and uh, look forward to the, uh, uh, the the second quarter of this when we get into some horses uh, we like more. And Jay, I'm guessing here, uh, just a guess, but uh, St. Hood not making your card. Not top three, but, um, you know, I, I, there are some other handicappers that really get into the horses and watch the videos a lot more than I, I, I don't get into watching the videos and go all through all the replays. But I, I, I have gone back and seen some of the YouTube and this one particular had a had a troubled trip and yet still came on pretty well, especially the last furlong was decent enough. Twelve and a half coming home in the Jeff Ruby. Um, but until Justify broke through having not won as a two-year-old and broke that long-standing mark, this one would probably be a toss for most because this one was unraced as a two-year-old and now it's trying to improve and face better competition. So he'll find, you know, by far toughest race. And then the distance here is a, a challenge. So uh, mostly a toss. If again, if people are looking at potential, if the race really comes up fast on the front end and this one can get, get, a, get, get through and get clean, maybe he can catch a, catch a part of the super high five. So here's where the podcast really begins, because uh, we are sitting here at the at post number six. And this is where you said you are getting your card going, Stephen. Yeah, absolutely. Obesos is my favorite long shot in this field. Uh, his morning line odds are 20 to one. I'm curious if those are going to shorten or if they're going to get longer. I think there's a chance they do get longer. I haven't heard a ton of buzz around this horse in the in the mainstream coverage of the Kentucky Derby. I know there's some some sharp um, you know horsemen out there that are they're going to like this horse. Five career races, two wins, one third place finish. He came in third in the Louisiana Derby, that which has really held up as as in my opinion the strongest of the prep races. Uh, if you look at his final fractions in that race, final furlong in 12.3 seconds, last three furlongs in 37 seconds. The only other horse that was faster than him in the final furlong in all of the prep races is the favorite essential quality who is two to one on the morning line. Um, you know, it, it, his faster his his final furlong splits are absolutely up there with the rest of the horses in this field. His style is as a closer. He's going to shuffle back early in this race, which has not been a great formula uh, in past Kentucky derbies when it's good weather and the track is fast, which is what it looks like it's going to be for this Kentucky Derby. But he is absolutely a consideration for me in exotics on exactas and trifectas a best buyer speed figure in his career of 96, which was his last race in that Louisiana Derby where he finished third. I think you would be very unwise to ignore this horse at his odds uh, in, in your underlays and your exotic plays here. I love him. And just one other fun note, he's the only horse in this field that is the son of a past Kentucky Derby winner. Orb was his father who won the Derby in the slop when he ran. Jay, we have a, we have a horse on the board here. Do you uh, do you agree with Stephen that this is one that maybe could uh, get a get a few of your dollars? Yeah, I I work for some other groups, companies, including some of the bigger um, 
uh, platforms. And so I write for Forbes and do some things. And I wrote this one up and included him as a long shot to consider. I'm with Stephen in, in the exotics here. The, 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 you know, when Country House um, was kind of the second choice of the trainer, Bill Mott, and he ended up upsetting and getting the win two years ago, he finished second, crossed the finish line second, but got the win on the DQ. He really rose in the odds um, and in no way should have gone off at 65 to one from what he had run previously. He was like third in the Arkansas Derby and came in. So here's this one, finishing third and fourth in his two graded stake starts, that being Obisos. But, um, you know, he was running dead last in Louisiana Derby before he really made up ground in the stretch. So if he can get the right pace set up in this one, I agree that this is one that will be moving at the end. Um, he's the one that was able to pass some horses coming coming through that last race and again if you, you hope these are you know getting stronger making improvement the biggest issue when you're running from the back of the derby is are you going to be able to get some room coming home because there are so many horses to get through but i think uh this one is an inclusion as well for me i don't have him yet on top and i'm, I'm not yet betting him and we'll see what he goes off at because i i was hoping he'd still be even longer and unfortunately at a morning line of 20 he could be you know maybe even goes off at 13, 14, 15 to one, which in the realm of things is still pretty long to get a good score. But I was, I was thinking he should uh, potentially be longer. So maybe there's going to be some more play on him. Dave, what do you think here? We have, uh, you know, again, a 20 to one. Is this a little bit shorter than you would like, or do you not even like this horse at all? I do like him. It is a little shorter than I would like, but I think people have grasped the idea of how well he was running at the end of the race. And they're looking a little bit past Midnight Bourbon, who he was running and trying to catch and almost did. So to me, you look at both of those horses as the same, that they were running well in Obesos. Now you're looking at a horse running well at the end of a race and the derby stretching out to a mile and a quarter. So you project what happens if this horse likes a little more distance, if he has a little bit more time, a little bit more room? And so a horse fitting this profile gets some money for me. And I like how he was moving at the end of that race. So uh, he's under, he's in my tickets regardless of what uh, his odds end up becoming, because I think he's live, especially in that third and fourth spot. We get here to post number seven, Manolin, uh, trained by Brad Cox. Uh, three wins for this horse here, Stephen, 15 to one on the morning line. You're on the board here, so uh, <laughs> let's keep let's let's keep rolling here with maybe some uh, some of these horses that are going to draw some of your money. Yeah, sorry, we're uh, we're hitting a, a little snag here again. Uh, just <laughs> okay, all right, that's fine. Hey, listen, one out of seven ain't bad. Yeah, we're getting there. I, I'm going to love this outside gate, man. I'm telling you, wait, stay tuned, everybody. There's some horses down at the end of this <laughs> gate that I really like. Uh, but for Mandaloon, just a really head scratching performance in the Louisiana Derby that we just touched on with Obesos. Um, he finished sixth in that race, 12 lengths behind the winner. Um, he he was one of the of the of the really well considered Derby contenders before that race. Uh, but not only finished sixth, but really slow in his in his final furlong and last three furlongs. Uh, it's been a very long time since a Kentucky Derby winner performed that poorly. 
uh, in their final derby prep race. So for me, it's a toss. Unfortunately, uh, this was a horse that I was eyeing coming into the final prep races, but uh, it's hard for me to ignore such a, a pitiful performance. And, you know, I'd be curious what Dave and, and Jay think. Sometimes you just draw a line through a bad race for a horse and hope they come back to their previous form. That Mandaloon could potentially be an example of that. But, you know, this is the Kentucky Derby we're talking about. We're not talking about just any old race on a Saturday. Dave, this is a pretty good opportunity, actually. Uh, one, does his uh, sixth place finish last time out bother you? And two, how much in your handicapping process are you weighing these last races for these horses as they head into the Kentucky Derby? I weigh the previous effort a lot because it shows the recent form and gives you an idea of who's improving and who's regressing. Now, Brad Cox thought it was a head scratcher that he had such a bad outing, but I don't think you can dismiss it to come back for the Derby. You can dismiss it in a way if you're coming back for a handicap race or an allowance race or something that to drop way down. But when you're going up from where you've been, uh, I, I think it's hard to justify a horse that uh, ran there then doing well in the Derby. So for me, uh, he's a cross off and I was reading to see if there was anything uh, that they thought bothered him that could give him a rebound opportunity. And it doesn't seem that that's the case. Sometimes horses just hit their wall. And I think he did. Jay, what about you? I mean, I know, you know, you, you do a bunch of golf betting as do I sometimes recent form is a thing for me, depending on the golfer. Sometimes it's, it's not, I'll just take kind of talent over recent form. Uh, where do you sit uh, as far as that whenever you're doing your handicapping over on the horse racing side of things? Then what do you think about Mandaloon? Well, again, there's a lot of correlation in using whether you use golf or horse racing to cross over. The recency bias comes into play, and this one's going to get tossed by most because of that last effort. Um, I will say he's uh, taken to the track very well here at Churchill this month. He's had three really good breezes um, as far as times five, even a six furlong work that has shown well. So, you know, how much do you, do you put into that race? Because as I, as I look back in the, um, um, one and one eighth mile risen star, you know, he was pushing the pace presser midnight night bourbon and, and to get the win. And he's, he's won three of five. Now he does have to go a little longer. And if, if the pace isn't too fast and he's among those that can get up and run, then, then I think he's okay. But if, if it ends up being too much up front, I don't think this one will carry the distance, uh, the extra quarter, the, the, the extra in this case, eighth from the last one and eighth mile race. I don't think he'll be able to hold up down, down the, the, the extra distance. And Matt, one last point on Mandaloon, you know, we've been mentioning by our speed figures and, you know, you don't have to be a genius to think that he ran a bad figure when he finished sixth in the Louisiana Derby. It was only an 82, but his best buyer speed figure is a 98. That's right up there with the top three contenders in this year's Kentucky Derby field. So again, if he can get back to that form, then he is good enough. He's shown it. Um, and, but that's the big question, right? And, and I love that Jay mentioned the works down at Churchill. He has been strong. Um, but you know, we continue to keep mentioning how these horses look at the end of a race, their last race, their last derby prep race was the farthest they've run in their career. And now they're going to run even farther. No horse in a Kentucky Derby has ever run a mile and a quarter with the exception of maybe some horses that come in from overseas. But every horse in this year's race, this will be the first time they've run a mile and a quarter. That's why we care so much what they've done in their last derby prep race and in particular down the stretch of that previous race. Post number eight, Medina Spirit, 15 to one on the morning line. And 
even if you are not a horse racing uh, fan, even if you are not someone who follows it year round, you likely have heard of Bob Baffert, Bob Baffert horse here in Medina Spirit. Stephen, where do we uh, where do we see ourselves on Medina Spirit? Yeah, the last remaining Baffert horse. It looked like he was potentially at one point going to have three horses in this year's Kentucky Derby, uh, including what would have been maybe the favorite over a central quality in Life is Good, who was just had a dominant performance before needing surgery. A concert tour was also pulled from this field. He's going to run in the Preakness instead. Um, you know, it's it's really hard for me to toss a Bob Baffert horse. The guy has six derby wins tied for the most all time. He had an upset eight to one winner last year when the race was moved to later in the year because of covid. Uh, Medina Spirit is going to be close to the pace at the front. You like to see that in a Kentucky Derby with so many horses. It means they're less likely to run into traffic trouble. Um, in the Santa Anita Derby, though, he finished second and not only finished second, but was four and a quarter lengths behind the winner, Rock Your World, and and did not meet the final furlong criteria that we look for. So um, I think this is the third best horse Bob Baffert would have had in this race, and therefore I'm going to toss him. Jay, the only Bob Baffert horse that we're going to be talking about today. Where do you stand on Medina Spirit? Yeah, this one, I, I like that he's um, 15 to 1. I hope he kind of gets bet down. I, I, I don't, I'm not going to have him in there at all. Um, be, but people are going to keep coming back that he's finished first or second in all five of his starts. However, his first try to one and eighth miles was that runner-up finish as the four to five favorite in the Santa Anita, Santa Anita Derby. His speed was pretty good, not exceptional. And I think, you know, looking at when he's chased the speed in the last two starts to finish second, and now he's going to have more speed he's going to have to deal with up front and probably want to get to the front because when he won his one, his two wins have come when he's been on the front end. I, again, carrying the extra distance, I think this one ultimately tires down and I'm going to throw him and toss him by the side as well. Dave, are we making it a three for three toss here on the only Bob Baffert horse in the race? I'm going to agree. And uh, the idea that maybe in the eyes of some betters, familiarity does breed a little contempt for him, you know, in a lighthearted way, because he had his chance. Rock Your World was out in front of him. The whole situation was there. And Rock Your World was simply a better horse. So if you want to adjust him into some other field and try to project where he would do, that's one thing. But going up against the horses that beat you, what would make you feel that he could turn the tables on Rock Your World? Uh, I, I don't see it. So uh, for me, he's a toss, too. Heading down to post nine here, Hot Rod Charlie, Doug O'Neill, trainer. This is one of the shorter shots so far on the morning line. Eight to one, Stephen. So listen, we do have a couple of shorter shots here still to talk about, but one of the uh, one of the shorter shots here on the morning line. Yeah, at the end of the podcast, we're each going to tell the audience how we're spending a hundred dollars to bet this race, and and Hot Rod Charlie is going to be absolutely one of the two horses I'm considering to win this race. Um, I know there is some disagreement on that out there in the Derby sphere heading into the first Saturday in May, but uh, there's a lot of things I like about this horse. Um, he's, he's not only experienced, he's run seven races in his career. He's coming off his best performance, 99 buyer speed figure by winning the Louisiana Derby. 
the Kentucky Derby will also be his third race off of a layoff, which is typically when a horse has his best race. Um, and his final fractions were absolutely within the margin that we're looking for. He ran the last furlong in 12.5 seconds, last three furlongs in 37.5. And one other note I'll mention, um, you know, if you look at the Brisnet speed figures, you're looking for a horse who ran 100 plus in his last derby prep race. And and Hot Rod Charlie is one of only four horses in this field that did that. So um, the other last thing I'll mention is the Louisiana Derby was one and three sixteenths mile. The other favorites in this race in their final prep race ran one and one eighth mile. So uh, if those other favorites were starting to break down a little bit at one and an eighth mile, but Hot Rod Charlie was looking pretty good at one and three sixteenths mile, then in you know, to me, that says that he's going to have some horse left going into this mile and a quarter race. And from watching the tape back at the Louisiana Derby, he actually, to me, was the most lightly whipped horse down the stretch of all these other favorites, which is which is potentially another sign that he still had something left in the tank and the jockey didn't have to ask much. He was very much handridden most of the way down the stretch to win that Louisiana Derby in impressive fashion. So. Um, Doug O'Neill, two-time Derby winner as a trainer. Um, my first Derby I ever covered, he ran down Bodie Meister with I'll Have Another, so I got some sentimentality there. Uh, Hot Rod Charlie's in the mix for me, absolutely. Dave, we have another one in the mix here on Steven's card. Uh, again, Hot Rod Charlie coming in 8-1, to one, uh, one, of the, one of the shorter shots here as we head into Saturday. And justifiably live. Uh, you go back, he's uh, even been in some pressure races going against essential quality as far back as the Breeders' Cup last year. And hard to believe you said eight to one. At one point, this horse was 94 something to one in the Breeders' Cup. You, you have a couple of good races and you're right there. Uh, I, I like the observations on him. He belongs. Essential quality being the favorite. Hot Rod Charlie. Uh, dueling strides with him, same talent level. If you get a price like eight to one or even a little better on, on Hot Rod Charlie, you're in. It's a very good price for a very good horse, and he's on my card. Can we make it a clean sweep here, Jay? Yeah, he's an inclusion. Um, for those um, out in Nevada that might not be able to bet and get the uh, win play show or get some exotics on this one, you, know, you have to look. I think you need to watch the teleport and see what he ultimately goes off before making a decision on how much you bet him to win. But he's the guys have covered it. The speed is there. He's showing the stamina. For some reason, we haven't seen these runners from the fairgrounds or Louisiana Derby um, perform well enough in the derby to to get to to win more often but this one certainly um i think was just overlooked even you know he 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 finally hit the board at long odds and surprised maybe in the breeders cup but i still think he was not considered one of the top runners until maybe life is good and concert tour falling off now he's right in there but eight to one would be a good price on him i think he's going to end up getting bet down from that but inclusion for sure and uh, haven't bet him to win yet but we'll see uh, come derby day post number 10 midnight bourbon coming in 20 to 1 on the morning line here, Stephen, we're looking at a horse that, uh, you know, you say you like to look 
at last time out, second last time out, uh, you know, a couple wins, a couple places, a couple shows here, seven races, uh, midnight bourbon at 20 to one. Shows some early speed, which I like in the Derby um, to hopefully avoid some some traffic. Um, the other thing I like is he's experienced. He's run seven races. He's hit the board in all seven of those races with two wins. Meets the buyer uh, speed figure criteria that we're looking for. Career best 96 buyer. Meets the final fractions formula that we're looking for. Doesn't meet the Brisnet formula. Uh, so it's not a clean sweep there for what we're looking. And, and one... Th- thing I wonder about, and there's really no way to measure this, to be honest with you. Uh, But this year in the Derby, I'm just wondering when they're going to let 45,000 people into Churchill Downs for this race, and they're going to be going nuts and cheering and going crazy when this crop of horses is mostly run in front of very sparse audiences, very sparse crowds, even in their biggest prep races. How will these horses react? And Midnight Bourbon earlier this week uh, or maybe it was the end of, of last week, and the backside of Churchill Downs got loose, got hot outside of his stables. I'm wondering how a horse like that's going to react to so many people around him, um, so many people in the crowd singing my old Kentucky home, going nuts down the front stretch when that gate opens, and again coming around the far turn. We've seen horses that have gotten spooked in the past in those situations when it's been 100,000 people. But I'm just wondering about him. Um, You know, he has a lot of the criteria we look for in a horse, uh, but I'm I'm just a little bit concerned about that and the fact that, um, you know, he is going against his best competition here. Jay, Midnight Bourbon, uh, 20 to 1, as we were talking about, if we're looking at last time out, second last time out, um, has a couple wins on his ledger already here. Uh, How do you see this horse? Yeah, I think he's an inclusion. And the, like Stephen said, and again, he's Stephen put together this great chart, which I've always tracked the final three furlongs. And now we've got more final furlong times to look at. This is a well-bred horse. Tisno, or Tisno um, is a sire. And they often mature even later into their three-year-old season. Again, so watch this one, how he performs well at going this distance. But he's finished in the money in five straight stakes races, in five straight graded stakes races. Um, and then bounced back, which you wanted to see from the Risen Star to hold up even stronger in the stretch when he finished second in the Louisiana Derby. Um, posted good speed in that when his closing three furlongs fits criteria, like he said, under 38 seconds. And then um, you go back and in his final prep last fall, he ran over this track and finished second. And he's posted a pair of really good, really good uh, works over this track again and in, in, in coming back. So at these odds, again, if 20 to one range, um, you can get him. He's a definite inclusion in the verticals and um, could could have a chance on the pace setup. Dave, what do we uh, think here about Midnight Bourbon? I'm, <clears throat> I'm giving him an inclusion on the bottom end of the superfectas. And the concept being, uh, for me, not trying to overcomplicate things uh, like Obesos in there at, at the six horse uh, who came in at the same race with him. And they were, you know, noses apart at the finish. So for me... If I like one of them on the underneath and they were that close together, just I'm putting them both in with the same concept. You can say that one may improve over the other, but it is hard for me to separate them. So based on how well uh, I, I thought of Obesos's finish, I'm putting Midnight Bourbon in the same category. I like one. I'm playing both. 
Let's head to the uh, 11th post here in just a second. But before we get going there, a quick word from our sponsor, BetMGM. Bet basketball, baseball, or hockey with a risk-free bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code THELINES and you're on your way with the king of sportsbooks. Get the BetMGM app today and use promo code THELINES to make a risk-free bet up to $600. This is a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one 800 522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. And 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Now to post number 11, dynamic one, another 20 to one here on the morning line. Another Todd Pletcher trained horse. Jose Ortiz is your jockey here. Steven, 20 to one, another Todd Pletcher horse. We will talk about another Todd Pletcher horse as well before we're done. I've heard some talk about this horse on, on the backside of Churchill Downs this week leading up to this race. I heard some more talk about him from the analysts on the post position broadcast today. I don't get it. I really don't. Um, he has one win in five career starts. His best buyer speed figures in 89. The Wood Memorial was one of the weaker derby prep races this year. Um, he did come in second, only a head behind, but uh, he doesn't meet the final furlong criteria that we're looking for. So another Todd Pletcher toss for me. Jay, we have a toss here on uh, Dynamic One by Steven. Any chance that uh, Dynamic One catches any of your dollars? Well, I bet this one at, I missed 45 to one. I was a little disappointed in that. <laughs> I bet him at 40 to one on fixed to just to win. And um, I agree with the speed numbers, but then I come back and go, all right, so this horse really in his, a, a couple of his earlier races, especially at Gulfstream, he got wide post positions and had to um, – Gulfstream is like a conveyor belt as far as speed. You got to get up towards the front, but also in the, to the first turn, if, if, if you got drawn out, say, post, you're really at a disadvantage. So he's running wide in a couple of these races, and he didn't show his best. But this is a high-priced yearling who um, has a ton of talent, just hasn't been able to show it in his results yet. He did show it in the Wood Memorial, and he got caught in the shadow of the wire, or he wins that race at 16-1, to 1, which was an overlay at that price. I think if you project and want to play the come and still think that this horse has his best in front of him, which as a son of Union, uh, Union Rags who won the 2012 Belmont, this one's going to have no problem with the distance. You hope that um, there's going to be room for him because he's going to probably be sitting off the pace, which I'm hoping is going to be really fast. And I think this one has a chance and hasn't shown his best speed yet. He's got the talent. He's certainly got to get a, get a, get a right pace set up, but uh, I've got them included. I'll put them in the mix and definitely in exotics as well. Dave, we got a, we have, we have some, uh, some more action here. What do you think about dynamic one? It's hard for me to put him in based on a look back at the wood. Uh, it was a great run by Borbonic, but it was uh, among the, the weaker of the prep races leading in. And at some point you have to have a, a tiered system about what races you value the most, which ones can come out of there. And so 
Uh, for me, well, you know, Borbonic is somebody I might toss underneath, but dynamic one, uh, yeah, probably not, just because uh, of the, there's only room for, you know, four uh, on the Superfecta card for me. I, I just think that race was weaker, and uh, there are better horses and better races. Let's head to post number 12 here, Helium, another one of the longer shots here, 50 to 1 as we head in the morning line here on a recording on Tuesday, Stephen. He's actually undefeated at 50 to 1. Three starts in his career. He's won all three. Uh, he hasn't run since the Tampa Bay Derby on March the 6th, won that race by three quarters of a length, but... Uh, if you look at the underlying numbers of that race, it was weak. A buyer speed figure of just 84 in that win. So he's a toss for me. He doesn't come close to the numbers that that I look for. Dave, what do you think here as we uh, take a look at Helium 50 to one? Again, one of the uh, one of the long shots here on the board. Well, my theme for horses like this is I respect what he did in Tampa and he'll be in one of my tickets where I try to get a string of horses in the third and fourth positions for the bottom of the ticket on one bet, why not? Because of the how he was looking at the end of his races, regardless of the buyer numbers, I did tilt an eye toward horses that I felt were taking strong strides at the end of their races. And I, I will put him in an underneath uh, with a group of horses for the fourth spot. And Jay, we do have, uh, again, one, two, three, four, five, six. It looks like six different horses at 50 to one. That's where Helium comes in here on the morning line on Tuesday. I think he probably goes off longer than this. I'm going to give a couple analogies, whether you think or agree. It's just another thought process and kind of way to look at uh, different sports, whether it's whether it's golf or horse racing or playing poker and trying to use probability. But um, imagine if you were playing golf and you're playing from the blue tees all the time and you're scoring really well. In this case, this horse is three for three and he wins the Tampa Bay Derby. But now he's got to uh, step back to the championship tees and he's got to play against other stronger players. This one is uh, never raced even a mile and eighth. So in his three starts, the furthest he's raced or run is a mile and 16th. He won it, but now, um, again, not enough competition, not enough uh, really breadth and underneath him to show that he can step up to this level and move to the championship tees, as I stay, and now try to play with the big boys. And so he's a, he's a toss at 50 to one, probably goes longer. Post number 13, Hidden Stash, another 50 to 1 here. Trainer Vicky Oliver. A um, couple of wins here for Hidden Stash. Uh, what are you looking at on this one here, Stephen? I'll keep this one short and simple. He's a closer, which is a style I already try to fade in the Kentucky Derby. He's got a career best buyer speed figure of only 83 as a closer. Those two are a terrible combination for the Derby, unless it's the slop and he can, you know, chase down some horses who were just going out way too fast. But again, it looks like it's going to be clear blue skies and, and sunny weather for the, the Derby this year. So I'm, I'm tossing this horse. Jay, what do you think here about Hidden Stash? Even though he was second behind Helium in the Tampa Bay Derby, I'd give this one more upside. And I think, you know, when you look at those 50 to 1 horses that are, there's six of them, you know, the, the morning line makers just, you know, at that point, he's just, 
throwing out right. a number, I guess, on these long shots because th- th- some of these are going to go, you know, 80 to 90 to one on this race. And I, I think this one, this one would definitely have a better chance. And like, if you were in, there's other ways to bet the Derby and, and some of these you're going to potentially just like golf, you might be able to get matchups. I don't know if these two would be matched up, but even though hidden stash finished behind helium in the Tampa Bay Derby, I'd give this one a much better chance to do better here in the Derby. He, he, um, He's, he's just bred better. Um, his breeding is, he's better. He came, and then he came back with another race after the Tampa Bay Derby. So he finished a distant fourth in the bluegrass, but he did come back and run again and showed a good closing three furlong in less than 38 seconds. So if you, uh, a real quick comment on Vicki Oliver, likely not to win this. If she was to pull off the massive upset, she'd be the first woman to ever win the Derby as a trainer, female trainer. But this one, um, you know, there, we, we haven't talked about other ways. There there might be some, some matchups you can bet in these, and these longer horses are just going to get tossed and overlooked, but this one, to me, is a better option than Helium at longer odds if you were able to find that, but uh, still don't think he'll come in the top five. Dave, we've got a hidden stash here. Do you agree with uh, Jay that maybe not not one that'll make your traditional card, but maybe could be a, an alternate way to bet, maybe in some head-to-heads or something like that? Possibly, but he's still a toss for me only because of the big field and there are only room for so many. So uh, there are a number of horses that uh, I do like better than him. So uh, at some point you have to start Xing and uh, he gets an X from me. Here we reach the uh, post number 14, the chalk of the race uh, coming in. Brad Cox horse at two to one essential quality. Uh, five starts, five wins here for essential quality. Uh, Stephen. Two to one. Uh, next couple of horses we talk about looking to be the short shots in the chalk here. Let me just first start and say that a two to one favorite in a 20 horse field is an insane number on the morning line. That is extremely short in my time covering the Kentucky Derby. Uh, with that being said, he is the rightful favorite. Uh, he's a versatile horse, unbeaten in five races, as we mentioned. Um, and, and he's won in different ways. He won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile from nine lengths back. And most recently, he won the Bluegrass Stakes from a stalker position uh, behind highly motivated in that race. So he can win in different ways. In the Kentucky Derby, I would hope he would be more forwardly placed to cut down his chances of having traffic trouble. But there's some other better speed horses in this race. So it, uh, he could be a stalker again in this race. We'll see. Um, let's let's just... I, I want to mention how good he was down the stretch in the bluegrass stakes. We've been mentioning the final furlong and the final three furlongs. He ran the final furlong in that race in 12 seconds flat. That is at least three tenths of a second better than the rest of this field, which doesn't sound like a lot. But when we're talking horse racing, that's significant. With that being said, he is in the 14 post. The last winner out of that post was in 1961. Uh, The workouts on the backside of Churchill Downs haven't really been all that impressive. Uh, And the Bluegrass Stakes hasn't really held up over the years as a breeding ground for Kentucky Derby winners. There's only been one Derby winner from the Bluegrass Stakes in the past 25 years. So he had a duel down the stretch with Highly Motivated and he won by a neck in that Bluegrass Stakes. It it appeared to my eye, and I, I know I talked to Dave earlier 
today about this. It looked like they had to use a lot of that horse to win that race. Uh, and I'm wondering if he's going to be able to stretch it out to a mile and a quarter against even tougher and more competition in this one. So we've been, Dave talked about playing a number on his underlays uh, with some 50 to one shots and other long shots earlier in this podcast. The opposite is me for true. The opposite is true for me. A two to one favorite and a 20 horse field. I got to try and beat that number. That's too short of a price for me. As impressive and as rightful of a favorite as essential quality is. Dave, essential quality, uh, I was actually, Stephen already hit on it. This is the question I was going to follow up, so I would love your opinion on it is, you know, listen, you can't argue with the resume, five starts, five wins. But when you look at a 20-horse a field and at two to one, justified here? Or is this just uh, is this just too short to make a bet on? It is too short to me. I would actually think that he'll drift up maybe and be five to two uh, by Saturday. But, but you know, we'll, we'll see about that. He's passed all of his tests in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile and then uh, in the Derby and he outgunned Holly Motivated in a very tough race. He's beaten Hot Rod Charlie, horses who are very near the top. My concern for him is that uh, I wonder if he's run his best race. Uh, we'll, we'll talk in our next horse about uh, improvement capabilities. Have we seen the best of essential quality as very good as that was? The other thing is when you talk about the buyers, uh, you know, horses over the years, I, I hit the 99 Derby. Charismatic was 108. Uh, there were four horses in that race with buyers uh, over 100. Uh, when you're looking at a buyers in the mid 90s, that's not a two to one favorite for me. And I can't slam essential quality. Even at five to two, I couldn't slam him. So he's very live. Uh, he, he's definitely in that picture. But this is why I'm thinking about making some other uh, superfecta bets and keys because uh, he doesn't tower above the field. But he's a very good horse. Jay, we keep going back to golf and, um, you know, you go into some of these golf tournaments, the super popular guys are sitting there at like, you know, six to one, six and a half to one in a, in a 150, you know, person field. Now this isn't quite the same, but it is still a, a 20 horse field here, essential quality going off at two to one. Um, I imagine you want to have some sort of exposure, but how do you go about it? Yeah, I, it's it's hard to gauge this this derby field overall. I, it certainly doesn't appear like uh, it's it's strong on the top. You, you just go back to last fall's Kentucky Derby, and Tis the Law went off at um, I think he went three of three to five point seven. So he went, went off essentially at three to five at closing, and he opened I think right about this number as well. And he comes in second. He didn't win, um, but he was right there, and he was. Uh, Clearly second best and, and a close second. But this one here um, can't knock anything he's done. Essential quality has proven to be the best. His speed, like Stephen said, the final three furlongs is last. His final furlong have all been solid. He ran his best equibase speed figure of 109 in that last race. And his buyer is right there. But, um, you know, 20 horse field. Poor break. I'm guessing he's going to probably be one of the one of the uh, running up along the lead somewhere. And if the pace proves to be too strong, again, we're back to talking. None of these horses run a mile and a quarter, and you're projecting that you know any of these can hold up. And at that price, at two to one, there's just it's just not worth the risk. But yeah, I'm going to include them 
uh, look for something else and then include them underneath. Uh, that's that's how I'd look at betting, but um, not not just can't can't at that price to win to me. The, the, I'm gonna just quick double check one last thing while I have on here. If he took tis the law last year, he paid three forty to place. So if this one by cl- chance closes even money, you might be able to get four bucks back. But I also wonder when setting this line if this. Uh, line maker odds maker knew about mattress mats back and just wanted to drive this down <laughs> knowing that he's going to get a, at least now three million maybe on this horse to come in because that the, at two to one if that kind of bet comes in what we've heard on mattress mac of two three million it's going to drive this number down even more so it's just not worth the risk at, at, at that price to win and Jay, you just made a really great point that sometimes uh, other people that bet on horse races forget about. When you have this is this is pool betting we're talking about. You're getting the odds when the gate opens, not when you make the bet. And because it's pool betting, when you have a big favorite like this, very rarely does much money go on that horse to place. So you're almost getting similar odds on the horse to place, and 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 um and 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 less risk, frankly. So I like that strategy. If you're trying to hedge a little bit, um, you know, use him underneath and and maybe if you want, just bet him to place because we, that has held up in the, in the point system era of the Derby post 15, another one of these short shots here, actually only uh, the only shorter horse, the one we just talked about in essential quality, rock your world, John Sadler horse here, another undefeated horse, three starts, three wins here, Stephen, um, you know, listen, this these are the type of horses where I think it's it's worth talking through. I think we all understand that the casual better is likely not to touch these horses all that much. Um, people don't want to bet their, uh, you know, bet their two dollars, their five dollars or whatever and come away with twenty five. Uh, that's not typically the the strategy that a lot of these people have. But, you know, maybe there are ways to uh, to go about getting them involved in these people, you know, in these bets. And, and maybe people can walk away with some money here. So anyway, what is your thought here on, on Rock Your World? Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. And, and Dave kind of teased this a moment ago. Uh, Rock Your World to me is a horse that is a prime candidate uh, to improve and maybe run his best race on the first Saturday in May. Uh, I mentioned I like Hot Rod Charlie to win earlier. Rock Your World is the other one I'm considering uh, at his price. Just again, just trying to beat essential quality with that short of a price at two to one. Um, he's he's unbeaten in three races. Um, he did not run as a two-year-old, which in if I was living in a different era would be significant for me because it was more than a hundred years between Apollo and Justify uh, when a, a horse won the Derby without running and racing as a two-year-old. Justify broke that streak. Uh, you had to go back to the 1800s with Apollo to to find the last one that had done it. So, but we're in an era where horses don't race as much anymore. So it's less significant of a stat to me. Um, and and Rock Your World is a horse that meets the criteria that we're looking for. He has the best career buyer speed figure of any horse in this race. It was in his last race, the Santa Anita Derby, which he won by more than four lengths. Um, now he was. Coming down the stretch, he did not meet the three furlong time, uh, final furlong time, but he did meet the final furlong criteria, which is all we're really looking for if you're looking at the past trends. Uh, And he also did so in winning that race in impressive fashion after surviving very quick early splits. Uh, he ran the first quarter mile in less than 23 seconds, the the half mile in in 46.1 
Uh, so for those that aren't familiar, that's those are quick fractions, especially for a horse and only his third race. So for him to not only survive and win the race, but do so by more than four lengths was really impressive to me. And I like the fact that Caddo River was a defection earlier this week from this field, which now means in my mind that Rock Your World is the primary favorite to be on the lead early in this race. And with this post position, I think they don't have a choice but to go for the lead early so they don't get caught out wide with a wide trip all the way around. So um, all those things being said, I think things line up pretty well for him here. The the only question I'm going to have is if he's going to have enough horse left for that final furlong compared to some of these other horses. But I love the fact that he, I think, is going to be in prime position coming down the stretch. Jay, uh, the 15 post here, Rock Your World, 5-1. to one. Um, Again, another undefeated horse here, another one of the uh, chalkiest horses in the race. Yeah, definitely a win contender. And, you know, some of the horse handicappers, like I said, that really study this stuff and um, watch the videos and the replays and project a lot more than I would have time to do or maybe interest, um, said that, he thinks, um, you know, the winner's coming from the Santa Anita Derby or the Florida Derby. And this one's got to be in considered not only three for three, but like you said, ran the best, uh, the best speed and, and shown any, and he did it impressively by more than four lengths in the Santa Anita Derby looks to be continuing to get better, showing strong. Hasn't, uh, he's coming in from the West coast. Um, like to see, uh, what is, what is workout that I didn't see over this track, but, this one to me, um, Rock Your World is a definite win contender and put him in there. Uh, hopefully these odds will hold up and he can get get in that five to one range. And, and again, now, if you're getting four or five to one in the Derby, you're you're getting a double digit payday on the win end. And um, I'll, uh, maybe uh, with some of these long shots, I'll just comment on how to look at what the potential is of these long shots. But then a potential payday on the exact and, and trifecta. If you're to key a horse like this, even at five to one and you win and you key him on top, if he wins, you're going to get a really nice return on the other two. But um, I, I, I definitely have this one as a top win contender and, and uh, we'll be looking to be bet him on on uh, race day. Dave, I know you like this horse. Uh, Rock your world. How do you see yourself having exposure? Well, I'm going to put him in, in Superfectus first and second, uh, maybe even a win bet with him as well because of the uh, good price. But also, I love how he ran in the Santa Anita Derby. They were blistering fractions, and they were the type of fractions where if he was not the strong horse he proved to be, he would have collapsed like a folding chair. Those were that fast. And he endured that and uh, showed a very good heart down the lane, even while he was laboring to make the distance. So the question now is, what if you could rate him a little bit? Maybe maybe what if you come at, at that half mile and say 46 and 4, 47, which is about where we've seen many recent Kentucky Derbies at the half, he would have a little bit more down the lane. This is a horse that won twice on the turf, and they move him over to the dirt, and he wins there. Is he a freak? Is he improving? There's something imaginative about Rock Your World that uh, that I love uh, coming out of that race. I also love Santa Anita graduates. So uh, he's very high in my tickets, and, and he will be very prevalently played. I like whenever we have consensus. I like whenever we have people putting money on these horses here. The 16 post 
King Fury, a 20 to 1 morning line here. So kind of in that range, Stephen, of these horses that may or may not make your card in some way, shape or form, may or may not get some of your action. What do you think here? about uh, King Fury. Definite underlay consideration for me, especially if uh, he gets ignored a little bit and that 20 to one number gets a little bit bigger. Um, he's a closer. That's his style. He's going to be running hard at the end. Uh, he won the Lexington, Lexington Stakes on April the 10th by three lengths. And, you know, what we talked about all along, he meets the final fractions criteria, his best buyer speed figures in 95. That's you know, good enough with the rest of the other contenders in this race. Uh, and like we said, as a closer, he's going to be running his hardest at the end. So if he can navigate some traffic in a 20 horse field, there's no reason where he couldn't be in consideration to hit the board in this race. Jay, what do we think here um, whenever we take a look at King Fury? Again, uh, these are the type of horses I think that are going to naturally attract the casual better. People like to, you know how this goes, people like to bet a little to win a lot. Uh, they think the, I think they know a little bit better than to bet the longest of long shots. And so they, I think they naturally gravitate to this type of, of horse in the field. So what do you think about King Fury? Yeah, a couple of things we haven't touched on and I didn't get to the last, uh, the last horse. Um, Rock Your World, Joel Rosario, one of the best, strongest stretch riders you're going to have. And I love to see that. And a couple of the others that I'm on here, Brian Hernandez riding this one. But King Fury is absolutely going to be uh, one of my key horses on top to uh, to come through here. And I'll have a win wow. bet on him as well. He he won his only race here. This price at 20 to 1, I'm hoping we can go longer. What I'm really, really just kicking my – you can't see me kicking myself still hours later. But this one was 85 to 1 on the fixed market at William Hill um, less than a week ago. And I just hadn't dug in enough on some of these horses. And he got slammed down. Uh, I think yesterday he got hit down to 28 to 1. So he, he comes in now. Um, I believe he's 20 to 1, right, on the morning line this morning. And so he's. I think he's kind of going to be the wise guy's horse here. And you look at the kind of the, the background and, and what he's done. He's running um, four graded stakes, and he won – the Street Sense Stakes, which is, a, which is a minor stakes race here last fall over this track at Churchill, finished fifth in the Jockey Club in November and then was off a little bit until he makes his debut here in 2021 and wins the Lexington impressively, posts his best equibase speed figure. Steven already commented on some of the other closing numbers. And I just hope this one can get a clean trip. If, if by chance the track came up sloppy because he won the Lexington over a sloppy track, um, you'd definitely, and, and you'd see this in the price, you'd see this one get Betty even more but it doesn't look like rain as at least as of now is going to be coming in to to louisville and churchill downs for track and race day but this one um wins the lexington at 18 to 1 and i think he's going to end up being a wise guy horse i think he's going to get bet down again and i i i even even at these prices uh coming down i have this one as a live contender and he'll uh he'll be on top for me I like it. I like it a lot. Dave, what do you say here about this 20 to one King Fury? Well, that's uh, some high praise. And that's what I like about the, the podcast is you get some uh, information from your colleagues that will make you go back and, and take a look. Now, for me, I did not have him in my original list. But as I look at horses, I would put underneath 
it's going to gravitate toward, if you have too many, some people may gravitate to an all ticket uh, to try to get the third spot in the trifecta uh, or, or maybe put them in a $1 trifecta box. But uh, uh, I'm going to take another look at them based on this. Uh, my original assessment was like them, but not enough to put them in, uh, in my top four. Let's head to post number 17, highly motivated. One of the favorites on the morning line here on Tuesday, 10 to 1. Chad Brown, horse, uh, five starts, has finished inside all three, all five times. Uh, what do we think here, Stephen, about highly motivated? There are only four horses in this field that have run a 95 plus buyer, have met the final fractions criteria and have run a triple figure brisnet in their career and highly motivated is one of them. That to me means that you need to consider him as a candidate to win this race, especially considering in his last race out, he gave the favorite essential quality absolutely everything he could handle and only lost by a neck. So uh, he's absolutely a consideration for me. Um, he will be on every one of my tickets. Uh, but here's a fun fact for you. No horse has ever won the Kentucky Derby out of post 17. So take that for what it's worth. Look at that. All right. So, Dave, no horses won uh, out of post 17. Do you care in the least bit? What do you think about highly motivated? Well, you know, I I, I would on some other derby years. Uh, this year, I don't because uh, I'm going to be using box tickets and superfected tickets because of how evenly matched they are. He's absolutely in one of my one of my bets will be an exact box with uh him in essential quality because they were next apart before. What if they are the two best horses? Uh, don't don't try to be a genius trying to separate them. That was a thrilling stretch duel that he had with uh, essential quality. And we learned coming out of that that essential quality had had a faster uh, stretch time than Rock Your World. If you project that out, well, are these the two horses? You'd have to consider that and put them in a box. I have a, a lot of respect for Highly Motivated. I like the horse very much, and uh, he he's a highly in my tickets. What do we say, Jay? Highly Motivated um, coming out of the 17 Chad Brown horse. Yeah, definite inclusion. And again, when you start, those that listen here and you look at value or look at um, – Potential on you know when you're talking about tenths of a second and finishing by a nose or a neck or a head, and this one's right there with at ten to one on the morning line, and he ran right there with the favorite in this race, Essential Quality, and that horse is two to one. I don't think there's any question. It you know slight improvement or just a little bit different uh, pace setup or a little bit different room to run coming around or. Uh, having a little more space to, to, to make his move. And then you add the distance. This one is an inclusion. Um, and certainly from a value perspective is offering way more than essential quality. And um, you just hope I'm, I'm not big on um, Javier Castellano. I think his best raising days were behind him as a jockey, but Chad Brown is right there sticking with him. And Brown, um, you know, he had a, the, he had one of the go-to horses a couple of years ago who was highly regarded, and he's talked at this one as well. He's he's pretty high on and uh, highly motivated is is in the mix for me as well. 
Let's head to post number 18, Superstock, a 30 to 1. Uh, again, Stephen, this what I'm talking about. I think that these, the 20s and 30s and, and the, the 15s, 20s and 30s, which obviously will fluctuate a little bit and, and some will go down a little bit, some will go up a little bit. I think this is naturally where the casual fan will kind of gravitate, uh, bet, likes to bet a little to win a lot. So um, I think that, uh, you know, y'all's, whether, whether you guys will include them on your tickets or not, I, I definitely think there'll be some people who walk away from this podcast with some valuable information for them betting whenever they head to the window. Uh, what do you think about Superstock? I don't have a crystal ball, so uh, you know, obviously we could be wrong. We're talking about horses here, uh, but this is the type of horse that I've seen burn people in the past. Uh, they see that he is coming into the Derby off of a win. He won the Arkansas Derby by two and a half, uh, but that, that race hasn't held up. Um, he does not meet the buyer speed figure requirement that I look for. He does not meet the final fractions criteria that I look for. So I've whittled this field down to seven horses and, and these last three horses are, are not among them. Uh, Jay, su- uh, super stock 30 to one. Um, and, and, you know, like I said, I, I understand maybe they won't necessarily uh, make your primary card here, but is there is there a case at all to be made for for super stock or maybe one of these other last two horses a uh, little bit better case to be made if somebody wants a long shot? He's getting built up based on the recent win. He won the Arkansas Derby, got the right situation set up. Um, but going back and again, we want to we want to find horses that are making improvement and showing uh, st- strength and, and showing that they can. Um, not only get the one and eighth mile distance, but showing that they can move forward from it, which this one did in the Arkansas Derby, but this one was also beaten last fall by King Fury in a race. And um, is he running his best? Maybe he showed his best in the Arkansas Derby. I don't like the post dry. I hate the uh, other two, obviously worse to the outside here. But uh, I'm going to, like uh, we've talked about through this earlier, you've got to draw and toss some of these. And if you can narrow down, if you're going to key any on top and go for a uh, trifecta, you want to narrow it down seven, eight, maybe nine, especially if you're going to key just a couple on top. And this one is, uh, these last three are going to be tosses for me. Dave, what do you think here about uh, the the 18 post here in Superstock? Well, I'm going to stick with uh, a, a principle that I've been using for this particular derby and, and rewarding on the bottom of my ticket horses that have shown improvement because they are young. And I love what he did in the Arkansas Derby in reversing an earlier loss to Concertor. Yes, it did set up for him, but Concertor had buried him pretty well in the Rebel Stakes, and then he turns around and he wins. So if you say to yourself, can he make another leap next time? Maybe he hits the bottom of the board if he does that. So uh, for me, uh, he's somebody that could uh, could do that, and, and I'm going to keep him in. And, uh, you know, we're talking about uh, uh, pace and everything. Uh, just for anybody tuning in for the first time, a fun little exercise. Uh, if I say go, I'll, I'll ask you to count to three and then tell me stop. So go. We hit our three yet? Yes. <laughs> three seconds is 15 lengths in a horse race. So we talk wow. about everybody and yet a little bit of racing luck and a little bit of this and some horses get elevated. So uh, I'm putting him in the bottom. Let's head to post number 19. Um, Steven, again, if uh, there's not much to talk about, there's not much to talk about, but soup and sandwich, uh, 30 to one yet again here. Uh, same as the last horse we'll talk about as well in the morning line here on a Tuesday. Any interest at all in soup and sandwich? 
Uh, second to known agenda in the Florida Derby did not meet the final fractions criteria I look for. Um, you know, I should take that back. The, the final furlong, he didn't, but he did run under 38 seconds in his final three furlongs. Uh, but his best buyer speed figure was a 90. So um, I've, I have concerns that he can get the distance in this one. So he's, he's a toss for me. Dave, you having a, a soup and a sandwich or is this a toss? Uh, th- this is a toss. And then I'm going to have a soup and a sandwich. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I agree with that. We have to draw a line someplace. And uh, uh, like I said, if you get it down to 10 horses, you feel pretty good. So he's not one for me. Jay, the soup and sandwich on any of your card anywhere, or is this a complete pass? Both soup and sandwich and super stock would have been obviously stronger considerations for me if they get a better draw. Um Soup and Sandwich, unraced as a two-year-old, had the lead before finishing second, in, which was a stakes debut in the Florida Derby, and he had a good closing three furlong. But this is a problematic draw. And one other thing is those are listing, and we're talking about you know coming in the top three or hitting the Super Factor or the Super High Five top five, looking for the big payoff. Um, 2017 Derby, I isolated a horse on top. Um, a 33 to one shot comes in second, a 41 comes in third. And those are the kind of payoffs you're looking for. And these are the horses that we're talking about 20, 30 to one that you're trying to fit in. And over the past eight years in the Derby, you've seen um, four long shots of greater than 32 to one have either won or finished second. That one being the controversial one with country house, but they're coming in second for a, four of them at 30 to one or greater. And then nine of the last 10 derbies, you've seen a horse 10 to one or longer hit the superfecta and seven of the 10 have been 20 to one or longer. So, you know, of all these we're talking about, you, you're hoping you can find one or two of these that are 15, 20 to one that can get you the payoff. Can they win uh, with some racing luck? Yes. These last three, like I said, because of the post position and soup and sandwich, not enough. Uh, I think overall competition is showing enough speed um, at a distance to be able to, to be one to consider the toss. And Stephen, our last uh, Todd Pletcher horse, we say we're going to talk about a few here over the course of the podcast uh, in the 20 20- post here bourbonic um 30 to 1 again like the other two uh, horses we just talked about he's a late runner uh so he's gonna have to navigate some traffic but career best buyer speed figure of just 89 uh despite winning the wood memorial at greater than 70 to 1 at the gate uh, he did run his final furlong in less than 13 seconds, so I'm, maybe Dave and, and Jay will consider him uh, on the underlay here, but uh, he's a toss for me, another classic Pletcher Derby toss for me. Jay, final horse we're going to talk about today, uh, Bourbonic, 30-1. to 1. Yeah, from the way, way back of the pack in the uh, Wood Memorial to catch the one that I like here, um, Dynamic One. Um, good equity speed figure in that one, 100. Um, and again, some of these tracks, Aqueduct's a little deeper. I think Fairgrounds can be a little deeper track. And so the, the speed and all these these buyer figures, which I don't tend to look at or, or really consider quite as much as it's discussed often in the public is because it, the, the track variants, how the track's running that day can, can certainly impact. And I think it did for that one. This one got the right setup in that race, but in this one, you know, 20 posts, just terrible for him. He'll, he'll, he'll probably just break real slow and try to get to the inside and save some ground ultimately. But I think he's, uh, he's going to have too much to work and his, his time, even in the wood was just uh, really, really poor overall. And Dave, what do you think here? The last Todd Pletcher horse we're going to talk about. Well, well, he gets uh, on one ticket, he gets the bottom of my ticket just because I love how uh, 
basically he went past the entire field after coming to the home stretch last time. So there could be something about this horse. I want to mention a little something about racing luck and uh, traffic that that comes into this too, because Mr. Big News, you know, Jay was making the point about the long shots. Mr. Big News ran a big one last year in the Derby at odds of greater than 60 to one and helped by the fact that on that break, NY traffic wiped out Honor AP on the outside. Honor AP came storming for fourth. So when you're considering long shots and who might find themselves in a racing position, there could be some horses that you would normally not think will do well, may may find themselves forwardly placed. So that, that, uh, to me, uh, factors into every long shot. And and based on what I saw him do, uh, I'm putting him in the bottom of one ticket. All right, Stephen. So this is the part everybody has been waiting for here. Um, lots of people, most people actually, not going to shell out more than $100 on the Kentucky Derby. And they're going to have a lot of fun even with that $100. You can do a lot of different things. A lot, $100 goes a long way, actually, whenever you're betting horses, if you do it the right way. And so uh, you can have a ton of fun doing it. So let's, let's pretend that each one of our, our experts here on the podcast has a hundred dollars. We'll start with you, Steven. What are you doing with your hundred dollars? All right. So I've whittled this field down to seven horses. I like that's the six horse Obesos, the the nine horse hot rod, Charlie, the 14 horse essential quality, the 15 horse rock your world, the 16 King fury and the 17 highly motivated. All the criteria we talked about in this podcast, four horses fit the mold that could win Hot Rod Charlie, Essential Quality, Rock Your World, and Highly Motivated. So the first bet I'm going to do is I'm going to take half of my $100 and just put it on whichever one of those four horses has the longest odds maybe an hour before the race starts just to try and get the best value because I do agree with you know Jay and Dave who've mentioned that there isn't much separation in this field between these top favorites. So just give me the one with the longest odds for $50. bucks. Uh, after that... exacta with the nine horse hot rod Charlie and the 15 horse rock your world in the first position. And then the other seven horses I mentioned in the second position Uh, dollar trifecta for $6 total. This will cost you six horse Obesos on top. Try and hit a long shot and 15 horse rock your world in that top spot. I have both of them in the second spot as well. And then in the third spot, you're going to have Hot Rod Charlie, Essential Quality, and Highly Motivated. So that's a $6 uh, trifecta ticket for you. And then with the Derby, a 20-horse field, you got to take a shot at the Superfecta. It's a lottery ticket, but you'll never get bigger payouts for a Superfecta than in a 20-horse field. So this is a $1 Superfecta. Let's put Obesos on top. Let's put Rock Your World in the second spot. Let's also have those two. I should I should qualify that Obesos and Rock Your World in the first and second spots. And then in the third and fourth place spots, we are going to put Hot Rod Charlie, Essential Quality and Highly Motivated. That's a that's a one dollar superfecta. The total cost is only twelve dollars. I cheated a little bit. It's one hundred and four dollars total. I just bet. You can send me the bill for the $4. <laughs> we'll let you cheat uh, just a little bit. I guess one of the things we should talk about, just in case people are 
are listening here. Whenever you go to the window, if you hear someone talk about boxing and you're not 100% sure what that is, is basically, let's just say you want to do a, a trifecta box. You can give the ticket taker three horses, and if you tell them to box it, you don't have to pick those three horses in particular order whenever you're placing your bet. It'll automatically it'll automatically give you every option of those three horses finishing in the trifecta. So uh, just a way you can kind of ease your bet. Now, do remember, whenever you do that, it's more expensive to do that as well. But uh, just another way, if you go to the window and you don't want to sit there and have to you know continually rattle off uh, all these different all these different trifectas or superfectas whatever it might be that you're going to uh to try to bet that day if you just tell them to box it they will automatically uh place all of those in order for you so uh it does a little bit of the work for you and again for for newbies out there i'm sure that's something that maybe you're not really familiar with um jay let's head to you your hundred dollars how you spending it my friend i think i got 99 dollars and 50 cents here so here's what we'll go um you just won both showcases. <laughs> I, got, uh, I, I, I think I mentioned it at the top. I bet um, no an agenda on the fixed odds before. So I'm going to leave him out of this. I still think he, I'm going to include him in some of my verticals. But So I'm going to go five to win in place. $5 to win in place on Rock Your World. I'm going to go five to win place and show on Dynamic One. He's number 11. Rock Your World was 15, I believe. And... Um, I'm going to go five to win and show on King Fury. So that's uh, $35 there. I've got a $1 exacto for $27. And I'm going to key those three horses on top. That's number 11, 15, and 16. And I'm going to quick look at, just to be sure I've got those right, 11, 15, Yes, Dynamic One, That's correct. Rock Your World, and King Fury. So I'm going to key those three on top with 10 horses underneath, and I'm going to give them to you by number. That's 1, 6, 7, 9, 10, 11, 14, 15, 16, 17. Um, if that's too fast. <laughs> uh, I think you hit the yeah, rewind button. The rewind, um, but that was, uh, what did I have? 11, 15, and 16 on top of... 11, 15, 16, 1, 6, 7, 9, 10, 14, and 17. I believe that's right. And then I've got a 50, 50 cent trifecta, which should come to, um, I think, $37.50. And I'm keying those three on top again with 1, 11, 14, 15, 16, and 17. That's in second. And with... 1, 10, 11, 14, 15, 16, and 17. And I haven't plugged that one back in, but I did earlier. I believe that's 37.50. So I believe uh, that's a 50 cent trifecta. And I, so I believe I got 99.50 total on those. And uh, any, uh, I, yeah, that's where I'm at right with those. That's how I'm going to play the 100. Matt, can you tell we love the ponies, my man? Hey, I love it. Listen, here for the derby. I love it. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to transcribe these 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 bets and put them <laughs> in on the on the page for people to to be able to read these. Uh, Dave, all right, you got a hundred bucks. How are people gonna make some money here with uh with with your hundred bucks? Okay, I haven't gotten to my full hundred yet, but here's where I started. I'll take a isolate some one dollar trifecta boxes. Each one is six dollars. The 14-15 with the 6, the 14-15 with the 9, 14-15-16, 14-15-17, 14-15-18, 14-15-19, 14-15-20, 14-15-21, 14-15-22, 14-15-23, 14-15-24, 14-15-25, 14-15-26, 14-15-27, 14-15-28,
14, 15, 17. That's a total of $24. I'm going to take $10 to win a place on Rock Your World. And I'm going to take a $5 exacta box with Rock Your World and uh, Essential Quality. I think they're the top two in the race. And then I've been toying with the 50 cent superfectus, and that's why I haven't gotten to my 100 yet. Uh, you can take. You can take two horses with two horses with three horses for a total of $6. So, guys, if you want to double up some of these bets, uh, you know, you can do that. Uh, and I'm still working out how that's going to, to do for me. I'm going to take one superfecta for a dollar with the 14 over the 15, and then I'm going to take 17, 18, 20. I'm going to go 15, 14 with 17, 18, 20. And when the smoke clears from that, I'm going to see how much money I have left and go into these uh, these smaller ones. I think a good thing to emphasize is that even for $4, you can take two horses over two other horses in a $1 Superfecta. And for $4, you can get a $1 Superfecta. So if you like a long shot, but you love two favorites, you go there. Everything I'm doing is keyed on the fact that the 14-horse Essential quality and the 15 horse rock your world are going to run big. So I have to key it on something. So I'm starting there. Love it, guys. This has been an awesome, awesome, informative podcast here. Of course, you can head over to the lines.com. There's more uh, written content over there as well. And of course, as any updates happen as anything changes as this continues throughout the week. Again, we're early here on Tuesday. We'll be sure and keep you updated over there on the lines. Uh, guys, honestly, just an absolutely phenomenal and informative podcast here. I know so many people are going to walk away with this with a ton of information, hopefully a ton of money as well after Saturday. For Jay, for Dave, for Steven, I'm Matt. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>